there are multiple ways of making money off Amazon, such as private labeling, retail arbitrage, merch by Amazon, and wholesale. Today, we're with Quentin Whitehead to break down how you make six figures with Amazon Wholesale. Now, he has a different strategy compared to Amazon wholesalers that can give you the edge if you decide to embark in this model. Quentin implements bundling in his products instead of selling single unit products. This extra unique value proposition has helped him scale his business after venturing into other Amazon business models, including regular wholesale. So let's learn how Quentin does it. This is the Get the Bag podcast where you can take the next step to skip the 9 to 5, become your own boss, and grow your business. Quentin Whitehead here. So you're a six-figure Amazon seller. And you know, something that really intrigued me was that you do something very different than any other wholesaler that I've experienced that I've seen on YouTube, podcasts, mm-hmm. blogs, that you do bundles. And you know, nowadays on entrepreneurship, e-commerce, you need to have a unique selling proposition so that the customer right. can look at it. Like, you know what? Right. I want this instead of that, right? It's all about marketing. Now, before right. we talk about that in that respect, like those tactics and, and marketing strategies to sell products on Amazon, kind of give us mm-hmm. your origin story of how you got into entrepreneurship. Uh, well, man, going way back, way before Amazon, way before I even knew anything about Amazon. Um, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Even when I worked, you know, at, at a nine to five job, you know, I always had the the ambition to have my own, to work for myself, um, to be self-made, to make my own money, to call my own shots, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that people really desire, right? Like even people who work nine to fives, they want the freedom and the money, right? But it's kind of hard to have both at the same time. You know what I mean? And a lot of people who work the nine to five, they, they kind of, um, they don't know the way to get out of their current situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, when I was working my nine to five, I was frustrated. And again, this isn't, this isn't a knock on people who work nine to five because I worked a nine to five for a very long time before I got into entrepreneurship. Um, but I just always had an ambition, man, to just, you know, call my own shots and do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Um, and so way back when, you know, I started working at UPS on my 18th birthday, um, did really well there. Again, my ambitious spirit, I got promoted to being a part-time supervisor in four months. Um, and then um, I started looking at businesses. I got involved with this um, uh, telephone marketing company where we would go and literally go from door to like business door to business door, knocking on their doors, trying to get them to change their their business phone plan from whoever they had to Bell South. That was like the South Florida, you know, phone company. And so that was like my first introduction to anything entrepreneurship because yeah. although I was kind of I was connected to this company, I was still like a contractor. So I yeah. kind of still kind of did my own thing. You know what I mean? So that was kind of like my first introduction to like being on my own. You know, it was all commission based. There was no base pay. So it was literally like everything was like on my shoulders, right? So if I closed a few contracts that day, I got paid. If I didn't close any contracts, I didn't get paid. You know what I mean? And so that again, just kind of thrusted me into the feeling of freedom, but then also understanding you got to work your ass off, right? Like if you mm-hmm. don't work, you don't eat. Like it, like it was literally that, you know what I mean? Um, from there, um, I, me and my wife at the time, we uh, moved from Miami to Maryland. Um, and I had to get a job <laughs> because the company that I was working for was, or the company who I was contracted with, they were just like a South Florida company. So I couldn't transfer and do that where I was going. So I went and started working at Home Depot. I did that for eight years. Um, again, just being an ambitious person that I am, got promoted to freight team supervisor working at night. Um, and then, um, in the midst of doing that, I kind of found what I believe is my purpose. Like, I think that all of us, we have something that we've been called to do, something that we, um, what I like to call like your life's work, like, right? Like what you were born to do. Um, and so uh, I got into the speaking industry. Um, I was a professional speaker. I'm still a professional speaker, but I don't do it as much as I used to do it, especially with COVID and things like that. You know, it's, you know, nobody's booking speakers right now to come do anything in front of any audience. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, I got into to motivational speaking um, and I did that for 13 years professionally. So uh, traveling here, there and everywhere. I've been to Connecticut. I've been to 
here in Georgia. I've been to California. I've been to Mexico speaking. Um, I've written three books. Um, I've done a lot um, in the speaking world. You know what I mean? All prior, all prior to Amazon? All prior to Amazon. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so if you go to qwhitehead.com, that's my website. You can see all of my previous clients. You can see the books that I've written. You can see, you'll see me in front of large crowds and things like that. Um, and so I did that for 13 years professionally. Um, and in doing that, that's where my, where the real entrepreneurship, where I really got to see what it, what it's like to run a business. Right. Mm -hmm. So prior to that, I told you before I moved to Maryland, you know, I was contracted. So I was still kind of connected to somebody, but being a professional speaker, literally I am everything. Right. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I was in, I was in the youth industry. So meaning I would go to high schools, middle schools, colleges. Right. So for me, I had to figure out who I needed to contact the person who has the authority to bring me in to speak. Um, I had to send them over the contract. I had to, so everything that it took in order for me to get myself out there, I had to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that was like my real, like, like taste of every, literally everything on your shoulders, entrepreneurship, you're in it right now. Um, I got to a point where my speaking engagements outweighed my time that I, that it outweighed what I was making at Home Depot. And so it was time for me to leave and quit and, and, and you know, just be, to, to speak on my own, just do, do, do what I was doing on my own. And so I left Home Depot and for 13 years, um, professional speaking, that's what I did. And then one day, um, I, have you ever heard of a, a conference called Get Motivated? Is that the Grant Cardone or is that something? No, 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 no. So um, this is, so Grant Cardone is the 10X conference, okay. um, 10X growth conference. But this is kind of similar to that where um, these group of, of, of speakers, they put together this conference, this empowerment conference, and you go there and the conference is pretty much free. You know, they charge for tickets, the, the upgraded uh, version of the ticket or whatever, VIP or sitting closer to the stage or whatever. But you mainly can go for free, but the speakers who they book to come and speak on the conference, they're obviously selling their programs, selling their courses, their books, their whatever. So that's kind of like their hook to get you into the seat and then yeah. once you get there, then it's like, okay, I, you know, you kind of give this great motivation speech. And then, oh, by the way, I have such and such at the back table, come back there and talk to them about whatever. But I didn't go there for that. I went there for, uh, to hear Les Brown speak. Um, Les Brown, I believe was the greatest motivational speaker of all time. Hadn't seen him in a couple of years. So me and my wife went there to see Les Brown speak. Um, in between the speakers, Les Brown is obviously the greatest speaker so they had him slated last right so we're there from eight o'clock in the morning to 5 p.m listening to all of these speakers speak waiting for les brown les brown was literally was the last speaker so in between les brown and the other speakers um this one speaker came up his name was adam ginsburg adam ginsburg was like the ebay king at the time ebay guru um highest grossing seller on ebay so he came up there and started talking about e-commerce and selling online, right? And so um, his pitch was, hey, listen, my mom died of, passed away from, um, from diabetes and you know, I'm donating to diabetes research. That was his, that was kind of like his hook. And he said, you know, um, if you guys write a check or pay $47, all of the money that I received today is gonna go towards research for my mother, right? Um, but what you get is you get a free ticket to come to my e-commerce um, seminar tomorrow, right? And so I looked at my wife and I said, you know, it's only 47 bucks, you know what I mean? Like how bad can it be, right? So um, we did that, went and wrote a check for $47, went to the conference the next day and Adam was talking a lot about eBay at the time. He had started selling on Amazon. Um, he had been on Amazon for like six months, but you know, eBay was really his thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he started talking about that or whatever eBay and everything. And then he started kind of sprinkling in Amazon as well. Um, and so we ended up purchasing some software, um, teaching us how to create templates and eBay and all this other kind of stuff. Um, and so that's, that's literally how I was introduced to the e-commerce space. 
I didn't really know much about eBay. I know that I purchased things off the website before, but I didn't know how to become a seller or mm-hmm. if I even, if that was even, even an opportunity for me, you know what okay. I mean? Um, and so, you know, we started doing eBay and then we got into Amazon. Um, and I did eBay for maybe like nine months because when you first get started on Amazon, you're, you're gated in a lot of categories and brands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and gated simply means that Amazon is pretty much locks this, you know, this gate until you prove yourself um, for them to unlock it, for them to approve you to sell in a certain category or brand. So because I was gated in those brands and categories, eBay, I was kind of hustling doing eBay while I was, you know, while I had that downtime while I, while I was not on the road uh, speaking. And then uh, once I started getting ungated in certain brands and categories, because I was hustling uh, at the beginning with Amazon, I was hustling books in media like CDs, DVDs, books, um, jewelry, I think is one category that's not difficult to get ungated in. So whatever I was able to sell at the time, I was hustling, man. Like I was in Goodwill, in thrift stores, you know, uh, buying books for a dollar eight on on Goodwill or buying textbooks for a dollar 97 or whatever it was and literally flipping it for a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or 75 bucks or whatever people were buying it for. Um, And then once I started to do that, you know, Amazon kind of has this thing where once, once they, once you gain their trust and you start to show like good, you know, good feedbacks, good reviews on your products, um, you know, you have good uh, 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 history or whatever, and you have good sales history, they'll start to auto ungate you in Mm. certain categories and brands. And when that happened, the floodgates opened. (laughs) And I haven't looked back since, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so that, that's kind of like the, the mm-hmm. chronological order of how I kind of started my entrepreneurship journey mm-hmm. to now where I am with the e-commerce space. So I've literally been in three or four different industries yeah. within the entrepreneurship space. You know what I mean? Okay. Hey guys, quick announcement. Would you be down to get five of our favorite things we've learned around different business models social media growth hacks, business tips, and resources to help you become a better entrepreneur? If so, you can join the weekly Value Tips Tuesday newsletter. All you have to do is put in your email, and every Tuesday, you'll get your weekly Tuesday tips. The link is in the show notes. Okay, guys, back to the show. Damn, yeah. so that's a lot. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you did, um, I know you did public speaking, but I didn't know it was prior to, prior to, to Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you did eBay, you did Amazon and on Amazon, you're doing retail arbitrage and then you eventually got ungated and then right. kind of tell us um, when you got into wholesaling, because just to give everyone context here, eBay, there are several business models, you know, retail arbitrage, mm-hmm. uh, wholesale, private labeling, merch by right. Amazon. There's a whole bunch of things that you can do. <clears throat> so what made you decide to go into wholesaling? Well, I wanted to be able to have replenishable inventory. Um, if you guys are out there listening, retail arbitrage, I believe is a space where this is my opinion. Um, I think that most sellers should start in the RA space, the retail arbitrage space, just to get a feel for how to sell on Amazon, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying that you stay there for a long period of time, but just to understand how to, how the Amazon seller app works, understand how the fees work, understand how shipping works. I understand how to scan products, all of that kind of stuff. So I was in RA. Uh, I was I did RA man for about a year, um, to be honest with you. But I I started getting a little frustrated because with RA you literally go either out into stores, whether it be bargain stores or Walmart clearance section or whatever, and you find products for a lower price. You scan them, see what they're selling for on Amazon, and if if the, if the numbers pan out, if the numbers fit within your criteria, then you put it in your car, you buy it, you list it on Amazon and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. The problem for me is where I got frustrated is when you find those products and you sell those products, that's it, right? So now you have to look for the next thing where you can send into Amazon to, to continue to, to build your Amazon business. So you're literally shopping every day you're literally on the hunt every day for new products right mm-hmm. and so for me i wanted to 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 scale my business and the way that i felt like i could do that 
is by getting into wholesale and having replenishables where I can literally put in a put, you know, place an order to one of my suppliers. Once I sell through that stuff, I can re-up and reorder that same product and continue the process and add more inventory into my inventory palette as needed. You know what I mean? So yeah. what wholesale did for me, it, it allowed for me to kind of streamline my business and develop relationships with suppliers and wholesalers to where I can have replenishable products that I know people want and need. And so I'm not I'm not in my car for six hours a day looking for the next the next product for me to sell. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So kind of to reiterate everything, you worked nine to fives, you did um, public speaking, you worked on you did work on eBay, Amazon, mm -hmm. retail arbitrage to be exact, then wholesaling. Right. And then now um, wholesaling, yes, you can get products through uh, suppliers and whatnot, distributors. And right. Of course, <clears throat> there can be a lot of wholesalers and you have to compete with them in the buy box, right? Mm -hmm. um, so now, I guess to distinguish yourself with the market, you now do bundles or 98% of your sales are bundled. So kind of talk about that process. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like you say, 98% of my, my inventory, I mean, really, man, I would say 99.9% .9 of it <laughs> is bundles, man. Um, like when you think about it, a, a lot of times, well, let me say this. I sell in the grocery, health and beauty, personal care. Those are the categories that I mainly sell it, right? Okay. If you're going to buy a toy, you're not going to buy bundles of a toy, right? Or a book or something like that. But if you're buying lotion and, you know, hair supplies, beauty supplies, toothpaste, um, you know, groceries, chips, hot sauce, whatever it is that you're looking for in those categories. Oftentimes when you buy something on Amazon, you're going to buy multiples of that, right? And so if you ever go on amazon.com, a lot of times you'll see bundles, meaning more than one. So let's say you type in something, let's say you're looking for hot sauce, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you'll see hot sauce that may be like a pack of two, pack of three, pack of four. And that way you kind of give the customer the opportunity to buy in bulk. Literally, that's literally what they're doing. You know what I mean? So what that does for me is it allows for me to sell the product at a higher price instead of just selling the most, instead of just selling the single item for, let's say $6, I can make it a two pack and sell it for 16, 17 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm making a few extra dollars on the bundle versus just selling it as a single. Um, so one thing I've gotten into is not just doing bundles, but doing varieties, you know what I mean? And the reason why yeah. I do varieties is because if you go into a big box store, a lot of times you're not gonna find a variety pack of something, right? So let's say- Wait, let's quick question, say, by, by variety, do you mean like something that's like complimentary, kind of like the cookies and milk? Well, yeah, 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 that, right? So, right. so yeah, so, so that, um, or let's let's say by the flavor, right? Ah. Let's say let's say let's say um, let's say you like this 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 particular flavor of lifesaver candy, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the wholesalers that I have, right? They not only have one flavor, they have like six flavors. So if you were to go into a big box store, let's say a Target or Walmart right now, you wouldn't be able to buy that as a bundle because they don't sell it that way. You have to buy each individual pack like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm doing now, my business is I'm saying, hmm, what would people like to see bundled in terms of flavor, variety? Right. And so with my supplier, I'll place an order for all six and I'll put all six together and sell it like that. Many customers, many customers buy on Amazon because it's something that they can't get inside of their day to day big box store. Yeah. Like when you think about Amazon, bro, like when you think about Amazon, it's like there's such a variety of what you're looking for. If you're if if you're on there looking for a phone case, let's let's say you have T-Mobile or Verizon as your as your um as your carrier, right? If you go to a if you go to a Verizon store, they may have maybe six or seven different type of phone cases for your phone that may fit your phone. But how many do you think they have if you go on Amazon.com? A million different, <laughs> different types, right? So it gives the customer a larger variety and diversity of what they can select and choose from. And so what I've done is I said, I want to give people what they can't get at their local store. So not only am I doing bundling, but I'm also bundling varieties. Oh, I see. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you first thought about that idea, mm-hmm. of course, did you see uh, other examples? So, for example, like you see one guy doing it, and you know what? I want to get a piece of the pie, or I'm going to create my own category and be the leader in that category because I'm the only one selling these bundles. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there's really nothing that any of us want to do that's not already been that's not already being done. Right. Uh-huh. So there, there are some sellers that do do that, that, um, you know, create bundles, but also they have the access to other to wholesalers as well that also they can create those varieties as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've. I've kind I've kind of gotten that spark by seeing other sellers, you know, create those varieties and create those bundles as well. Um, but I'm also trying to be one of the innovators of that space as well. You know what I mean? Like I literally, when I say everything that I sell is not only a bundle, it's a variety. Mm-hmm. It's either it, it it's either let me say this: it's either a variety or it's a favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 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 the lifestyle. I mean lifestyle. The lifesaver uh, uh, example that I mentioned a few minutes ago, those are varieties. I put six different varieties of flavors together, right? But let's say you liked just one flavor that comes in a variety pack. So what me and my team do now is we say, okay, we, we're, we're going to give you, we're going to give you just that one flavor because sometimes people just like one flavor of whatever it is that they that they like. They don't want to buy the whole thing. So let's say, for example, let's say, let's say Jolly Ranchers, for example, right? Let's say you buy, let's say you can go on Walmart and buy a, a, a five pound bag of Jolly Ranchers, right? You're not going to be able to buy the flavor that you like. Let's say you like green apple. You're not going to be able to buy just that flavor. You're going to have to buy the entire bag because mm-hmm. Walmart doesn't sell it like that. So what my team has done, we said, hmm, let's give people their favorite, right? If you like blue raspberry, we're going to give you just blue raspberry. We're going to charge your price for that. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. So how much have you grown in terms of revenue of just going from wholesaling to wholesaling, but with now bundling? Man, it's, it's probably about, probably about 30%. Wow. Um, because again, it's, it's, it's the ability, like the bundles that we create, they're almost exclusive, man. So we're able to charge a little bit more. We're able mm-hmm. to go up on our price tag a little bit more, because you're 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 paying you're 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 paying for premium here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if we give you, like if we're giving you just the flavor that you like, we're gonna go up about three or four dollars on that item, because okay. we have to do extra work in order to 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 not to to sort them to, you know what I mean? Like, like it's time that goes into creating the varieties and the bundles. Yeah. So the customer is not just paying for just the flavor of variety. They're paying for the time and effort that it takes in order to give you what you want as well. Mm-hmm. So is it you fair to I mean? say that in terms of logistics, it's a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. However, because you're in a less competitive niche compared to just wholesaling, um, you're going to be in yeah, less competition and you can yeah. get that buy box more often. And right. as a result, you get more, more sales. Yeah. I mean, with what we're doing, man, there's, there's no competition on our listing. We're the only seller on that listing. Okay. Wait. So when you go, so say I want to get lifesavers and you know, they can be the whole variety of, of lifesavers, uh, whatever flavor there is. And then mm-hmm. out of nowhere here pops up this bundle. So it won't be right. in that buy box or would it be entirely in, in the, in another sort of buy box situation? Like how does that work? Yeah. I mean, it, it, It'd be in the buy box, but if you ask the seller, if you can't provide that customer with all six flavors or all five flavors, then you can't sell that product. That's why I say we're oftentimes the only one in the buy box because we do things that makes it difficult for other sellers to just jump on the listing. I see. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, maybe you do have a supplier that has all six flavors. Maybe you do. Okay, if you do, then fine. But if you don't, as a seller, you can't sell the product because you're not giving the customer exactly what's in that, what's on that list. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, of, so I'm sorry, but So in terms of supply chain, you have to find that one manufacturer supplier that has all six varieties who so can point it on or put it into one group. Or do you sometimes call one supplier and then call another one and then have it all delivered to your warehouse, for example, and then you send it out to right. Amazon? Right. Great question. So 
we try to find we try to work with distributors okay um that have a slew of SKUs, right like um we try not to work with brands directly um because oftentimes brands they might just have one or two products but we deal with 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 distributors that have a variety of different items and so oftentimes we're really looking at maybe about two or three lists that we get from suppliers like we don't have we have a ton of suppliers, but it only makes sense to work with a few. And when you work with a few, that gives you the opportunity to build that relationship. And over time, you know, once they see that you're really spending money with them, you're investing money with them, you know, you'll start to get discounts and they'll start to kind of go down on price. Um, just because over time you've shown the, um, you know, the willingness to spend money with their company, you know what I mean? And so instead of me being wide in terms of suppliers, I try to scale it down to about two or three good ones. Like I have one in New York that has about 4,300 SKUs. So, I mean, we, we really don't have to go outside of those three suppliers yeah. to find everything that we're looking for. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Now, how do you test the market? Because ideally, you know, from, from my quick um, method of thinking, mm -hmm. I want to see, look, maybe this bundle will work. So maybe let right. me get a minimum order quantity. <clears throat> Put it onto Amazon and maybe get 100 units, right? And if right. it sells right away, I'll just reinvest that money and then get more bundles. So how do you go from brainstorming the, the bundle idea to getting the minimum order quantity or at least validating the idea itself? Right. Yeah. So we, um, what we do is we look, at, we look at what items are currently selling and we research the sales rank to see you know, what the sales rank is. We kind of, we, 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 we go back about, we, we go back three months, but sometimes we try to go all the way back to the inception of the listing to see what the sales rank, to, to see what the sales history has been over time. And let's just say, for example, going back to the Lifesaver um, example, right? Let's say that all six of those flavors that I mentioned, they're all doing well individually on Amazon. Let's say that all six of those sales ranks were like under 10 grand, which, which are phenomenal sales ranks, right? Mm -hmm. That means that people are buying all six flavors individually. So my frame of mind is, okay, why not put all six of them together and sell it like that, right? Now, do I purchase a thousand units right off the bat? No, like you say, I'll purchase maybe, I'll maybe even do 20. Hmm. And sometimes what I'll do is instead of sending it to FBA right off the bat, I'll merch fulfill it to uh, see if there's a demand, right? So instead of going through the hoops and trying to get it everything, you know, prepped and packed and labeled and shipped to Amazon and waiting for the lead time to, you know, to run its course, I'll merch fulfill it. And if I start to see demand, then I have a winning product. Then I'll mm -hmm. order more and then I'll start to, you know, we'll, we'll start to, you know, create those, those packages, yeah. label them and then send them to FDA. You know yeah, what I mean? It's pretty dope. So let me yeah. ask you this. So of course we mentioned that there's different business models, private labeling, retail arbitrage, mm -hmm. wholesale. And I feel with wholesale, only from my perspective, looking in um, into industry is that you have a product from a brand, you know, that's not your product, but you're just helping it, you know, through the supply chain going from right. distributor supplier to, to the customer, right? All right. you do is move the product, but you're adding this piece of innovation in there where you could help get more sales. So, right. Are there other plays within this business model where you can become more innovative besides just bundling, for example? Um, probably so. Um, I don't know if I've, if I've gotten there yet. Um, I think for me, man, there's so many ideas that I literally have to write down every day. So many bundling ideas um, that I have to write down because having them in your head, sometimes you can forget yeah. about them. So I have to write them down. Um, but I'm, I'm sure the more that I that I um, continue to dive in, I'll come across those other, you know, maybe avenues that we can kind of go down mm -hmm. um, to continue to be innovative in the space. But as of right now, the focus is just like yeah. the bundling ideas that we have, try to get those to a successful place, get the rank down under 20 grand, which I mean, it doesn't take long to do that, man. Like once you really understand how to do, um, you know, not only product research, but keyword research, learning how to do a phenomenal listing, making sure that your images and your pictures are nice and crisp and professional, all of that stuff. Like, don't, like that's where our focus is. It, it's, oh, is, 
has really okay. been right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't know that with wholesaling that you really have to put a large emphasis on the description product images because I thought that since you're getting it from a branded product that maybe they'll provide that with you. Yeah, well, that to well, you. yeah well, well, when you're doing wholesale, man, a lot of times the products are already listed for you. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, if you're approved to sell in that category or brand, then you could just literally latch on as a new seller to sell that product. Okay. What we do, we create the listing oftentimes. Mm. So we have to, we have to do, we use Helium 10 for all of our, um, you know, keyword research, you know, we can see how much volume is moving with that particular keyword. Um, you know, we can create the listing in, in Helium 10. I mean, we do all of that stuff. You know what I mean? So, so, so again, if there's a bundle or variety or favorite that's not on Amazon, then we are the ones that create the variety and bundles ourselves. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so that's why not... we do the extra okay. you know, keyword research, all of that stuff. We, we do all that. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, those are really, um, I, I guess that if everyone uses the same uh, description, same product images from their wholesaler, then it'll be very hard for them to, to rank up, right? To yeah. get ranked even faster. So can you kind of break us down as to what do you do for the product images? Or do you kind of have like a white background, for example, and take yeah. various images? And do you have a, a copywriter um, in your team? Yeah, yeah. So we, I, um, we, have, we have several, several VAs that we work with. Um, that does graphic design and does, you know, they're pretty much proficient in all things Amazon, you know what I mean? So a lot of stuff we kind of outsource, it's not mm -hmm. something that we, that we should be doing here in the warehouse, you know what I mean? Um, you know, our job is to focus on logistics and focus on getting pallets in and out and all of that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, we have VAs that we work with that we delegate to. So when it comes to the product images, when it comes to um, having a great title, having great bullet points, having a great description. They do, they do all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So let me ask you this because I feel that um, speaking with you right now, speaking with other mm -hmm. wholesalers that, you know, wholesaling is a lot of logistics. It's a lot of logistics right. and there's a lot of stuff in the back end, Right. And right. I feel that with retail arbitrage, <clears throat> eBay, you know, you can find a product on, on your, in your local store and right. put before a profit. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's easy. I mean, not easy, but easier said than done compared to wholesaling, right? In terms of logistics. Now, right. where do you think is the best starting point for anyone wanting to learn how to do wholesale? You think, I think you mentioned before, first do retail arbitrage and then move your way up. But once you get to that point, are there any resources that you recommend to anyone to get into wholesale? Right. Well, let me say this. Look, if you have the money to get into wholesale, just go right, go right to it. Like you don't have to do RA. I just feel like in order to learn the business, like the foundation, I think RA would be a great starting point. But if you want to jump right in with both feet and you have a couple of grand to get started or you have some capital to get started, go right in the wholesale. You know what I mean? Like don't let, you know, like don't, don't let me stop you from diving right into the wholesale space or the PL space if you want. Okay. Um, in terms of wholesale, man, um, I would say, First of all, you don't need a ton of money to get started, okay? I, I think that's a misconception that people think that you have to, you know, um, buy a minimum amount of inventory. And, and for, for a lot of the distributors and brands, you do. You know, there is a threshold of $500 or $1,000 or $3,000 or whatever. But I will say that there's a lot of wholesalers right in your own city that you can contact and inquire about a wholesale account. Um, they have these, uh, they have wholesalers that, that are called cash and carry wholesalers where it's a wholesaler, but they're open to the, they're open to the public. Like a lot of times they may be open to, you know, the pub, the, the general public, but I have one particular wholesaler here that's a cash and carry uh, wholesaler. They're only open to people who have an account with their with their company though, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not open to the general, you can't just walk in and shop, right? You have to go in and get an account with them set up. You have to have your business license, resellers license. So you have to be legit, right? But it allows for you as a local seller or local, let's say, you know, you own a gas station or a grocery, a local uh, grocery store or whatever, 
people go there and grab whatever they need, cases of soda, cases of water, cases of whatever, and they go restock their shelves here locally, right? So I would say a good starting point, instead of trying to find a supplier in New York or try to find a supplier outside of where you currently live, start locally, man. I can guarantee you there are wholesalers that are right in your local area that you can contact and to inquire about a wholesale account. And there may be cash and carry spots where you can start off with, let's say, you know, you have 300, 400 bucks to invest. Mm-hmm. You do your product research, you go into there to see, you know, what they offer. And if they have stuff that you, that you can purchase and sell on Amazon, then you kind of grow your business like that and continue to reinvest that money into yeah. your wholesale business. You know what I mean? Yeah, out, of, out of curiosity, how does the hierarchy look like? So you have the brand, you know, say, for example, you know, Lifesavers with their candies. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then how does it look like for, it goes from Lifesavers down to you as the wholesaler? What's in between that? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I think you have a lot, you have a lot in that, in that <laughs> supply chain. Um, but I know from the brand Lifesaver to my wholesaler and then to me, that's really all I know. But I know that there are some other some other um, entities okay. within that space. You know what I mean? So you're a sub wholesaler? Like, I mean, you, you got, you're getting your supplies from another wholesaler. Right. But then that wholesaler is, uh, I guess, distributing to big yeah. box stores? Right. Or, okay. Yeah. Well, well, well um, a lot of times they're distributing to maybe not your big box Walmarts and Targets, but like, you know, your local, your local grocery oh, stores, okay. your local gas station, your local corner stores like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like yeah. a lot of times, I do have like the, 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 the supplier that I'm speaking of, I go in there a lot, man. So if, you know, my wholesaler in New York, I have a $2,500 threshold. Like that's the minimum amount I have to spend in order to place an order, right? But the lead time it takes for me to get the inventory. So when they ship to Georgia, they ship on Thursday. Like that's, that's my ship day. So I will have to have that order in by like Tuesday for them to get it approve it, send it back to me for confirmation. And then they pull the order, they stack the pallet, and then they, they send it to me via LTL, which stands for less than truckload, right? Um, so that's on Thursday, but then I don't get it until the following Thursday because it's in transit, right? Um, but uh, until then I can go into my local, my local wholesaler here, my local supplier and grab the stuff that I need that the other host and then waiting for the other host waiting for the other wholesaler to send me the inventory the following mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, but so, one second here. I mm-hmm. mean, of course, in that hierarchy, you know, mm-hmm. as you go down the chain, right. um, each person or each little box, each little entity is gonna want their own profit margin. I mean, right. is there any way they can get your source or get your products directly from the source at a cheaper cost and you can get that's what I'm doing now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so great question. So what I'm doing now is um, I, I have started my own, my own wholesale company. Um, and so instead of me going to the middleman, which is my mm-hmm. current wholesalers, yeah. um, I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to try to go directly to the source. Um, now, again, that's not the brand though, but what I've learned is that the brand they work with, like what they call brokers, Okay. And the broker is kind of like the, the, the liaison between the brand and the wholesalers, right? And so I'm going to try to bypass, let's say, my local supplier here in Atlanta instead of going there because let, let's say I go and I buy something for $459, right? If you're selling it to me at a wholesale price for $459, then what are you buying it for as the wholesaler, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bypass the 459 and I want to go to the source and get it for whatever it is that my wholesaler is getting it for to increase my profit margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean? think that's a, I think like that's like advanced level stuff because of course yeah. you want to go, if you go straight to wholesaling, you're probably not going to go straight to the source automatically. You have to kind of right. work your way up, build that experience. Um, but right. that's good to know though. It's good to know that if you do build up that experience, you don't want to be too comfortable where you're at just doing wholesaling be innovative do bundling do something else and then you know try to get more margin by going directly to the source or finding ways to cut costs right but but also too i know people in the amazon space right you know i have i i know people who who are looking to get into wholesale right so 
if I have access to products that I know sells, then I can then market myself as the wholesaler and be able to sell to them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. So, 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 so the wholesale, the wholesale um, space is different than me, than my company selling on Amazon, right? Like this is going to be, this is a totally different business name, different entity, all of that stuff yeah. is, is totally, yeah. is totally separate. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So people yeah. will come to you now to, so they can right. have their products sold on Amazon. Okay. Right. That's next level stuff. Now yeah. you mentioned that you use Helium 10 for product research and mm-hmm. I can see like with the backend stuff with the logistics data is extremely important to see what you're going to bundle with, what products you're going to buy. So of course, a lot of people use um, Helium 10 or Scout. What is it? Jungle Scout. Not only Jungle for, Scout. Ho- not only for, for wholesale, but they do it for also private labeling stuff. Private label. Mm-hmm. I feel that if everyone uses that tool, it's fair game. So, do you think it's very important to maybe level, uh, to, to level it up by buy, buying a higher level software to get more access to better data to make better decisions, and as a result, you get more revenue. Um, level up to what you mean, like a like so a, a, to, different, to better, a different software. Yeah, to different like tools and softwares, so you can get better data and make better decisions. Yeah, well, um, I had some other uh, software, um, some other software that I was using before uh, Helium 10. And when I leveled up to Helium 10, um, it was much better than what I was using prior to Helium 10. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I, I think, I think, um, I don't know what else is out there because I've kind of stopped at Helium 10 because it's yeah. been so good for me. Um, I've never really used Jungle Scout. Um, I've heard Jungle Scout is a lot of people who do private label, they use Jungle Scout. Um, but Helium 10 for me, man, it allows for me to, to do keyword research, which is very, very important. You know what I mean? Because when we do our advertising and marketing on Amazon, we want to get our, our products to a place that it ranks organically on Amazon eventually, right? We do a lot of advertising, but we want to get it eventually to a space where it's ranking organically and we can scale back our advertising, at least on that particular listing and put that money towards a, a new listing that is probably not ranking as well. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so, so we use Helium 10 a lot for, for keyword research, um, looking at the volume, you know, in terms of keyword um, and you know how much volume is this particular keyword getting, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it's 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 a good. They have a good suite, like a good suite of tools um, that a lot of people can really benefit from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's there's a lot of other there's a lot of other softwares out there, um, but I'm the kind of person, man. I don't like to be too scattered. You know what I mean? So like when I come across one thing that's really working for me, instead of trying to look for something else, I kind of just want to stay put in that space until yeah. until something else proves itself to be better. Okay. So sometimes yeah. like, don't fix what's not broken then, right? Yeah. I mean, it's okay. it's it's working for us. So I'm like, I'm not gonna look for anything. Yeah. And, but 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 now, but now let, let me say this. Like if you're doing if you're doing product research, um, you know, Keepa is obviously a great tool to use. Um, um, what's the name of it? Uh, Scout, uh, Smart Scout, uh, with um, what's his name? Uh, Scott Needham with um, Buy Boxer. I think they've sold like over three three hundred million dollars hmm. on Amazon in its lifetime. He just came, he just dropped the software, which a lot of people have been raving about. You know what I mean? So like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of other good. Um, softwares out there that you can try to see you know try and see if it works for your business you know what yeah. i mean so mm-hmm. and, and that's 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 one thing that i will recommend man like figure out what works for you and your business everybody's at a different level so like if you don't need helium 10 at the moment then don't get it you know stick mm-hmm. with what you have if you do need something more than that then upgrade to something different you know what i mean but don't get it just because I say so, or you say so, mm-hmm. or somebody, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. wherever you are in your business, I just felt like for me, because I started creating listings on my own, I needed something that was going to be, that was going to allow for me to like pinpoint what keywords I need to put inside my listing. Mm-hmm. And that's what Helium 10 has done for me over the last yeah. year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Quincy, I just want to ask like one more question here. What are like 
some pillars that you believe that everyone should know prior to joining Amazon Wholesaling? Um, that you can do it. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's not as difficult as you think it is. Um, you don't need as much money as you think you need. Um, I would also say it takes a lot of consistency though. Um, you know, again, unlike RA where you're hunting product, you have to stay on top of your inventory because a lot of times if you're, if you're, if you're sourcing products, um, via wholesale, you're looking for the best products. You're looking for the products that sell really fast. Um, wholesale is, is, is oftentimes your margins may be, may be smaller than let's say RA. Because when you're doing RA, those items oftentimes are marked down. They may be clearance. They may be purchased at a bargain store. Mm -hmm. um, so your margin, your profit margin, your your and your return on investment may be higher. But with wholesale, it's more about volume, uh, more so margin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I say that to say what the consistency is, and where I ran into trouble when I first got started is, you buy 100 units, you send it in the FBA. 100 units may be gone in three days. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you're out. Now you're out of inventory. So yeah. the inventory management part of it, it takes consistency and understanding, OK, how many items did I sell within the last seven days? If I sold 100, OK, I know I'm going to need to purchase 400 because every week you're selling 100. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so just, you know, understanding that you can do it. Number one, number two, it doesn't take a ton of money. Number three, the consistency. And the last thing I would say is building relationships building relationships with your supplier. Um, oftentimes when you're dealing with anything via wholesale, you oftentimes have a sales rep and that sales rep is responsible for your correspondence between you know, that person, you and that person, you know, your inventory, your orders, all of that stuff kind of, you know, that's who you communicate with um, as it relates to their company. So building those relationships because eventually you wanna to get to a place where you've built up such a relationship with this person that you're able to get items at a lower cost, which mm -hmm. will then increase your profit margin and your return on investment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I think that's good so. insights, you know, knowing yourself in the back end too, in terms yeah. of logistics and really building up your, your network, right? Absolutely. You only get Absolutely. that, you only get that with consistency and working on the business over time. And I think that you really can't treat this as a side hustle. You have to be no. full, you have to be Fully really invested. devoted. Yeah. 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 So, Quentin, if people one last thing, oh, no. one, one last thing, one last thing. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. One last That's thing. Cool, cool. So, so um, when it comes to wholesale, Google is your friend. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of sellers always ask me. They DM me, man. I'm looking, trying to find new suppliers. Google is your friend. Okay. Whatever you're looking for, type that in Google and see what comes up. You know, put the word wholesaler or distributors in my area. Just use those keywords and see what comes up in your area. Um, another way to find wholesalers, and I do this, you know, um, year after year is, you know, going to trade shows. I know, you know, COVID has hit us really hard, but going to trade shows, man, like that's where you can actually meet people who work at these, you know, uh, big suppliers and, 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 and uh, distributors. You get to shake their hands. They have reps there that's representing their company. So you can exchange cards with them shake their hands, build relationships there. And then when you get back to your office, warehouse, basement, wherever you're working from, you can then follow up with them. And now you've, you're in the position to build a relationship. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So trade shows, I went to ASD trade show in Las Vegas two years ago, and I was able to find four suppliers at ASD mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. So they have one coming up in Orlando um, really soon, man. I think it's in a couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be going to a conference in Indiana called the Sweets and Snacks Expo, and they have all of the big brands there. All of the big brands are going to be there. So again, being able to get there, shake their hands, tell them your name, build relationships, pass out your card, get their card. Um, and yeah, you know what I mean? Like, again, it's all about building relationships in the wholesale space. Mm -hmm. in the yeah, wholesale I like space. that. I like that yeah. because, you know eventually yeah. you want to start to scale. And I guess to do that, you could hustle your way there and you got to take this as a serious business, not a side hustle. Right. But right. to, to get to that level, you're going to actually need some help and um, reassurances from other suppliers. And the only way to do that is meeting people and right. that's a really good insight.
So Clinton, <clears throat> if people want to learn more about wholesaling, um, learn more about you, um, mm -hmm. where can they, you know, where can they contact you? Where can they hit you up? Yeah. Um, Instagram is, is, is normally where I am. I'm uh, Instagram. I'm uh, insane FBA hustle um, on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I have a Facebook page and group is called the Amazon hustle. Um, so, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to inspire the newbie, the new uh, seller and the, the new to intermediate seller mm, is kind of like my space. You know what I mean? So people who are trying to get in, people who are, um, you know, complaining about their nine to five in my DMs and they're trying to leave yeah. their jobs or whatever. Um, so yeah, man, insane FBA hustle on IG and then on Facebook, the Amazon hustle. I literally, I just started that page. My other page for some reason got, I don't know what happened. It got deleted for some reason. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two, um, the two places where they can, where you guys can find me. Dope. So I'll put that in the show notes. Anyone can hit you up on Instagram and then, uh, join that group, the Facebook group and go into wholesaling and maybe create their own income. Skip the night. Yeah, man. So Quentin, do you sell on Amazon? Me? No, like you do. I, I don't, you don't, I don't, I don't. I just, okay. 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 I just get like a lot of insights from speaking to other entrepreneurs because I love e-com bro. And mm -hmm. to be honest, it's like just to talk about me a little bit, but I, yeah. I like Ecom, but I like more of the branding side and creating your own uh, Shopify store. Gotcha, uh, okay. I, you know, e-commerce is a huge realm. There's so many things you can do. Like you can literally Absolutely. sell, resell sneakers on Poshmark if you want. That's Absolutely. also e-com, right? But you can also Absolutely. do retail arbitrage, wholesaling, or create your own Shopify store, um, mm -hmm. WooCommerce, whatever it is. It's a huge realm, yep. but it's cool to share these insights on one um sub-discipline of e-commerce and then right. on top of that you're doing wholesaling and bundling so it's kind of like going deep right That's dope. yeah yeah so like and I, I like to tell people when they ask what do you do i used to say oh i'm an amazon seller right but now i say i'm in e-commerce that's what i do i'm in e-commerce so i don't only just sell on amazon like you were talking about shopify i want to eventually start a shopify site and you know i don't know what i'm going to sell there yet but i know that as an entrepreneur, if you're not an e-commerce man, you're gonna get swallowed up. You know what I mean? Like when you look at like, you know, these big, some of these it's big growing, companies man. like JCPenney's and Sears, those companies are no longer because you got Amazon that's come through, Walmart is starting to try to do what Amazon is doing in terms of like allowing for people to sell on their platform. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like if you're like, if you don't have an e-commerce presence, you're gonna get swallowed up, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? crazy, yeah. So, a lot of businesses, they went out, and a lot of business had to pivot to go into e-commerce. Yeah. And it's no surprise that a lot of the revenue is coming from e-commerce. So absolutely, Quentin, once again, I'm going to send you or not send you, but I'm going to add the, the links to the show notes. Anyone can follow you okay. on IG, DM you there. And of course, join your Facebook group. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Dope, man. Awesome. Now, before we head out, guys, just one more thing. If you don't mind, please review, rate, comment on the podcast. It will really help out. And if you have any suggestions on who to interview or what type of topics to talk about, please let me know. So guys, thank you so much. Have a good one.